Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every Thursday on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. Guys, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife, Vanessa, our daughters, Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training, and Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have, I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. How's it going, everybody? This is The Headliners. I'm Jared Huff, here with James Krause. How are you doing? Mike Knapp. Hello. And Quinn Wilson. How you guys doing today? Now, this is the first podcast we've probably had since the end of November. It's, it's been a while. And uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad we're doing the headliners again. Unfortunately, we're kind of starting out on a uh, somber note. Um, Kobe Bryant died uh, last Sunday. Um, he was in a helicopter crash with him, his daughter, and seven others. Um, two were member. Two of the victims were members of his daughter's basketball team, and then parents and a pilot. So uh, it, was it, just, it was just a bad start to my 2020 already. Yeah. Um, this it just shook me. I was at work when I found out. It was hard to kind of deal with. I was going around telling a bunch of coworkers and everything. I got a lot of friends that that view Kobe as a hero, so I already knew that they was going to take it hard. I was telling you the other day, my dad's a big Kobe fan, so I had to call him to see how he was doing because I know Kobe can touch people in just different ways and with different mindsets. It was just hard to deal with. I almost cried. Yeah, I. it was surreal for me. Uh, I, I was here at the Star uh, during production. I stood up, walked away from my computer, and I just sat there for like two minutes just standing and staring off in the space. Like, it wasn't registering with me. Um, I didn't cry till a few days later watching his 60-point uh, game. That's when it finally mm. sunk in that it's for real. What what uh, struck me, and I'm sure a lot of people did this too, is when they first heard the news, I heard it from you guys in our, our staff group chat. And uh, when I heard it, I immediately was in disbelief. I went mm-hmm. to Twitter and I tried verifying through different sources, different means. And then afterwards... I'm sure like a lot of people, the first thing I thought about was like I have to tell someone in a way that subconsciously was me being like I have to go and reach out to someone to let them know that I care about them because I – because that's – the the craziest thing about this is in basketball, it seems like all of the legends of that sport get to live long. You know, Bill Russell – it was one of the things I talked about in in this column that I wrote this week. Bill Russell – is eulogizing a guy half his age that doesn't happen in like any sport where you get to see guys live that long see the game evolve and and 
see how they can further impact the game. And Kobe Bryant's not going to be able to see that, and that really sucks. Um, because from every account I've heard, he was really starting to live the life he wanted to live outside of basketball. Yeah, he kind of has that like larger than life image, and um, that's that's like I I'll, I look at pictures of like him and Shaq when they were winning those championships, like the the photos of them with the, the Larry O'Brien stuff like that. I'm thinking like we're starting to get to the age where those Lakers are like t- almost 20 years removed from any title they've won. They're getting like really close to that like ESPN 30 for 30 age where they're just gonna have documentaries upon documentaries on them and we're gonna hear from Shaq we'll hear from Rick Fox but Kobe's not gonna be there they'll be instead talking about him as a memory and not him reflecting on it from a first-hand account and well and I'm curious to see because the the writer Jeff Perlman uh, is working on a book about those uh, the first years in, in the early 2000s and the three championships and the aftermath and everything and uh, I'd be really curious to see how he approaches that um, when he actually, I think he's still in the fact-gathering stage and doing his interviews, but I'll be interested to see how um, he puts that in his, because uh, he, he's a favorite writer of mine, and just to see what he puts in the book about, yeah, about this and, and what, um, you know, people think about it. And, and I mean, for me, last week, I was at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, and so the race had just finished. And I was walking back to um, a friend I knew was on the winning team, so I walked back to the garage area to congratulate him, and I was standing there waiting for him, and I pulled the news up on Twitter, and it was just kind of surreal because I just kept looking around, and, I mean, there are people walking back and forth. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I wanted to do was to tell somebody, you know, hey, man, did you hear about this, just to kind of get it off my chest and share it and it not in a way but it's just maybe to have somebody to um talk about it with rather than just kind of feeling this big lump in my chest i'd kind of so i started texting a few friends of mine and got a couple of replies but but yeah it was just the rest of the afternoon for me it was just and the evening was just really really weird you know because i mean i'm older than kobe so you know a lot has happened in my life since I was 41. And so it's like to think about all of that stuff that, you know, he's miss, he's going to miss the rest of his life, you know, from a personal standpoint, I find that really, um, really sad as well. I couldn't imagine being in a, a public setting, let alone a sporting event where there are people who appreciate, even if they're not huge basketball fans, the accomplishments and the, the work ethic and, and all the things that make a great athlete that Kobe embodied to a lot of people. I can't imagine, because this was 45 minutes before tip-off to the first game of the day, mm-hmm. and I couldn't imagine being in the building, uh, being on, on either of those teams, being a fan. We, we heard from uh, the Knicks broadcaster that night talking about he didn't want to broadcast the game. Yeah, that was uh, Mike Breen, I believe. And, and he brought up a great comic that actually now I found and now I, I made it my header on Twitter because I thought it really embodied what a lot of people thought it was the comic he was talking about uh, it was an old sports comic and it's two guys walking off a field I can't remember their names Mike Breen probably knows the the comic he talked about it a lot better than I do but it's uh two people walking off a field and one of them saying I just don't feel like playing today 
and that's what it is to a lot of people like the monday i came into the office the the day or two that i spent writing that column i just didn't know like i didn't want to start anything and i didn't want to finish anything um because i think it is shell shocking for everyone to realize death doesn't really give you a lot of time to to prepare to prepare to 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 get the things out that you need to get uh you know so i think for for a lot of people it was shell shocking to them and they weren't thinking even that much of kobe on that day uh unless they were a, you know a gigantic basketball fan like i know you are jared or a huge sports fan i imagine they thought about their families and being like wow i can't imagine losing my dad my mom my brother my sister my son my daughter you know so suddenly like that yeah uh well obviously kobe was on my mind uh that uh afternoon and into the evening uh like i texted my mom and my brother uh that was one of the things after like it, it all started sinking in and like i had some time I sent a text out to them just telling them how much I love them and appreciated them because those are two of the closest people in my life. And I was just I was thinking about, like, everybody that, like, I care for, friends, family, loved ones. Um, it it's, it's just so tough. Like, every morning, like, I wake up and I look straight out from uh, my bed and there's Kobe, like, on my wall. And that was just a normal thing. Like, I've like all my 2k posters up from the video games if you get the legend edition and so of course one year kobe was the legend and i'm like oh well, you gotta get a kobe poster and so now i see that every day and it just reminds me and i have uh the laker hat uh i'm actually wearing it right now i've been wearing it all week it sits right above that poster on a, a hook on my wall and i only have that hat because of kobe and so now seeing that every time it just reminds me of the loss and then at the same time just how important like the people in your life and the relationships are yeah this death took a toll on me because like we was hinting at it's the shock factor it's the fact that when when we woke up we wasn't thinking we was gonna get news like this especially about a person as iconic as kobe um the first thought i had was i was worried about the daughter because I just had a feeling that the daughter that we always see, I just had a feeling she was on that helicopter. For some reason, it just made the most sense to me. But I think that when we think about it more, I think we could appreciate this and we'd be able to like go to our families. We could look at each other as brothers and be able to um, move forward. Because Kobe, he was a good competitor, but he also was a good friend. And he had a lot of people, go, he had a lot of people in like, that got out of uh, tough positions. Like we talk about uh, Lamar Odom, he dealt with a lot of big battles. He said Kobe helped get him through that. And I kind of want to be like that person to like my friends and family, help them get through tough times and help push them to get to the place they want to be. But it can be hard and it also can make people overlook when you have a weakness of your own. So uh, it's just it was just tough for me. It was just tough. It was a lot of thinking. And I was just at work, so I'm supposed to be performing, but I'm doing a lot of thinking. I wish I could see the the little girl perform, because I really believe if there was going to be anybody we tuned in to watch the WNBA, it was going to be her. Oh, yeah, Gianna Bryant, without a doubt. Yeah, like I wanted to see it. I, I really wanted to see how she would end up when she grows older. And 
unfortunately, we'll never see that. And that's just sad for her and the family. Yeah, very, very rarely during this past week have I thought about Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. The only thing basketball related I think I've I've done related to this, and I've told you guys about this over the past few weeks, I, I've fallen out with basketball a little bit just because I'm more invested in covering uh, college football and pro football and, and some of the other sports I really love. And I so in that sense, I haven't thought of a lot of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, uh, but I have thought about Kobe Bryant, the the inspiration he was on others, and Kobe Bryant, the person that I've heard a lot about over the past week. Well, and, and just you're, you're getting more depth about who he is. I mean, one thing I, I thought, is, especially as a writer and everything, is one thing I thought was, found really cool was he had um, a small publishing house that he published um, novels and, and uh, stuff for, uh, like, teenagers, you know, middle schoolers and high schools, that he had, the you know, this little company that, that did that and that he was working on, um, you know, he was working on a book, a children's book, with, with uh, somebody who, you know, immediately after his death announced on Twitter, he said, I've deleted everything we've done because it just doesn't feel right to continue, you know. But, but, yeah, just hearing about those little things, just hearing, you know, and as somebody, um, you know, as somebody who's Catholic as I am, I thought it was cool to, to hear that he was and to hear that he'd gone to church that morning, you know, just – regular stuff that regular people do and you know it it's so hard for people who don't meet athletes or know them and and the situations that we've kind of been in we kind of forget that they're real people and and you know they have 20 some hours a day that they fill when they're not entertaining us you know and and so to hear those little details about some of the cool things that that he was doing with his life and just how much you know, I've seen some other photos and videos and, and just, man, I mean, you know, and, and it's also a little heartbreaking, but man, it seems like, you know, that family was a group of people that loved each other really hard, you know, and it's never easy. You know, I mean, I've lost two siblings, so I mean, I, it's, it's not easy, you know, even as an adult to deal with that. I don't know what it's like to deal with it when, when you're younger, but yeah, I mean, when, when you're really, just invested in somebody and love somebody so much you know it, it just yeah just to think about all that kind of stuff is adding to the sadness and you know I mean we're beyond we were beyond the point of ever seeing him on a basketball court again but just yeah now not to watch him grow old is is just not not even to watch his daughter you know grow up is is, is just the heartbreaking part for me yeah I I uh what the, one of the things I got out of this also was I've been lucky because he brought up losing two siblings. And I thought about there's only been one real death in my family that has affected me. And it's less affected me directly and more affected me uh, sort of at a, a micro level. Uh, when my uncle died, who was my brother's uh, or my dad's brother uh, and kind of. Our family worrying about how he would take it and and him kind of being reserved with his emotions and seeing a thinking about the kobe bryant situation and also seeing what now he left behind 
a wife and two kids, appreciating little things like, you know, having two parents in the home who are, are happy and loving each other. Because I've had that for the the majority of my life. And now I'm realizing how much of a privilege that was. And he was they would talk about Kobe getting to go see his, his kids play or his kids perform uh, and be around his kids. And now I'm appreciating the time I get to spend with people and him wanting to do the little things he couldn't do as a player. Like I heard stories about him reading a lot more and him being really happy that I got, he got to read a lot. And it's like, that, those are the things that matter to Kobe Bryant, the person. What matters to Kobe Bryant, the basketball player is very different. And obviously that goes for anyone in their profession. What's important to us in the, the mindset of this profession is obviously important, but what really matters to us as people should be prioritized and when you're somebody at, at his level you know uh, your your profession has to be your obsession so I mean that that was the thing yeah he's probably uh, you know because he didn't take days off I mean even when it was summer he's still he was still putting up a thousand shots a day and and getting in the gym and working with film I mean th- this was you know, when if we want to jump to the the basketball side of it, I mean, this is this was one of the most talented, most well prepared, you know, player of his era. I mean, um, he he did everything possible to make him to take himself to the utmost. You know, and and, and um, you hear other people who just sort of take advantage and coast on their talents and he certainly wasn't a person who did that and that takes an an incredible amount of discipline and obsession and now you know he was beyond that point in his life and yeah he had the chance then to maybe travel or maybe do it and he didn't have to worry about yeah I can skip going to the gym today or I could skip shooting today or you know whatever I mean he could just live his life like the rest of us do and and like I said, that's the most, uh, you know, devastating part to it. But I also want to bring up, too, as far as the basketball part, I think Kobe is really the last of um, the people who really understood their impact on the fans. Because one thing he always he shared with Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan always said, I don't set out games and I play as hard as I can because there are people in the stands who this might be the only time in their lives that they'll get to see me play. And I only I never saw Kobe play. I saw Jordan play once. You know, and so it's true. It's it's like Kobe answered the bell. He played hard every night. There was no such thing as as load management and you know all this other kind of stuff. And Jordan did too. I mean, I, you know, and that's their connection. But also, um, I don't know how many more players uh, we're going to see because the the way the, the league has evolved and the way they kind of handle that stuff. You know, and Kobe was playing more back-to-backs than they do now. And, um, you know, traveling from the West Coast. You know, the teams that in any sport that travel the most are the ones that travel from the West Coast. You know, so, I mean, he had all that stuff, and he answered the bell every night, and he played as hard as possible every night, played at both ends every night, you know, and he might be the last one. And so that's something that we really need to appreciate about his career. 
Yeah. Um, since his death, like, uh, I've really had the interest in it, and I feel terrible that this is what's taken me this long to uh, get to his book. Uh, I believe the book is uh, called The Mamba Mentality. Um, but, like, because personally, like, obviously I'm no athlete and I'll never be a professional athlete, but I feel like um, like some, like the message of the Mamba Mentality is something that can be applied to, like, any aspect in your life. Uh, so, like, I, I really want to get his book and uh, just see, like, that how that would affect me and if I can imply any sort of the mindset like a fraction of that mindset that he had to my life like that'd be great and I think that's what Kobe's done for a lot of people whether it's uh NBA players that are coming into the league or his family or just really anyone uh I feel like his mindset uh is a great one to have uh professional life personal life just putting like all your effort into something yeah and, and i think it's the best the best form of uh the pro athlete you can have a guy who he's charismatic on the court not by doing amazing things necessarily or doing outlandish things he's just playing the game hard and he's he's playing it well and i always contend in basketball at least that's one of the most amazing things in sports is when one guy can take over a game like Michael Jordan could, or and like LeBron can at times, and like some other guys can get hot hands every now and then, and just see a crowd erupt around them. Kobe Bryant was the best, maybe ever at that. But on top of all that, he could be this ultra competitive guy and have this this intensity to his play. And then you take him out of the context of of the game, and the practice and the preparation he puts into it, and he could be this funny guy who could make jokes and talked about you know after at least retirement getting to see his kids a lot more and appreciating uh them and and uh some of the things in life that are important to him outside of basketball yeah uh it's also it's crazy like uh and it's it's still kind of related to the game side but not directly um have you guys heard the story of uh how he learned french to uh trash talk tony parker i have yeah like the man literally would like that's how dedicated <laughs> he was. The man literally went out of his way to learn a foreign language just so he could trash talk one player. They as, say as much as I've loved the stories of him being like, oh, he's with his daughters or he's doing this or he's doing that. I equally love the stories of him being like hard on his teammates and hard on his competitors. I heard some. There was a story uh, Nick Young and Lou Williams told about how after one blowout game he threw out everyone's Kobe's. <laughs> Because they got blown out on a back-to-back or something. And he was just like, y'all can't wear my shoes anymore. I believe that because it had been plenty of times him and Nick Young they had one-on-ones. And they and you would see Kobe Trash talking the whole team. Called them softest Charmin. Oh, I yeah, still remember, <laughs> I still remember. He, he said he was leaving pro- He said he was leaving practice because no one was getting better. He said, the point of practice for me to get better. Y'all not doing, I'm not going to say the word he used, but y'all not doing S for me. And he left. So it's, it's moments like those we love Kobe for because we know he truly wants to win, and we know he's the biggest competitor that the NBA has seen since Jordan. I remember when I was in high school, he came out with the Kobe system commercial, and it's weird because he didn't, it didn't tell you much, but at the same time, I understood the Mamba mentality through the commercial. Like It was like, what more do you want me to do? 
more. How many times? How many more times can I win? More times. It was, it was like those commercials stuck with me. Like I was able to apply like that knowledge just from them couple commercials into life. Cause I know like, damn, why wasn't I good enough? Cause I gotta be better. Like it's just simple answers like that. But it was, it was able to help me get through a lot of things and help me realize that I need to be better. I need to be great. And that's why I think people love Kobe, because he inspired you to always be at the top of your game, no matter what's going on in life. Yeah. And, and he was such a – first off, he wasn't just a – like, Muhammad Ali, for a lot of people, I guess when he died, you could say that was an American sports star. But he was a guy who transcended American sports. Same thing yeah. for Kobe. I mean, it, with basketball being as big of a sport as it was, and a, a guy – being the star of arguably the biggest American sports league. I mean, the the uh, guy for the Knicks again told a story about he was covering the, the Beijing Olympics, and he got in a taxi, and he uh, was wearing an NBA blazer, like a jacket. And the taxi driver, in broken English, pointed to the logo and said, NBA, NBA, and said... Kobe Bryant, like, was asking Kobe Bryant, and the broadcaster was like, yes, yes, I, I know and have met Kobe Bryant. And the taxi driver pulled over and just started crying because he was amazed that he met someone who knew Kobe Bryant. And that's what makes, like, the littlest things that people have done uh, or that Kobe has done for people, like, just, uh, like, I, one of my friends put up a picture of him when he was in, you know, maybe elementary school with Kobe Bryant. Uh, someone put up a, a video of him just shaking his hand as he's walking by at, at the United Center. And it's just these little gestures by Kobe that, like, we do them day to day. We shake people's hands. We take pictures with people. And it's little things like that that can make such an amazing difference for people because of what he means to them. And so uh, that that's one of the things I take away most from Kobe's death is like when I started to see those where it's little things like shaking his hand or taking a picture with him or or that story where it's a taxi driver pulling over because he met someone who met Kobe Bryant. Like, that's when it got put into perspective for me of how much uh, his death meant to a lot of people, not just in basketball. Well, and also just, yeah, that, that global reach and um – how many people knew him you know i mean i've been to several places around the world i mean i've been to singapore and dubai and italy and france and uh, you know you're in those places and they're selling nba jerseys you know they're selling kobe jerseys in in uh in dubai you know and matter of fact and it wasn't about kobe but i was in um i was there and and on one of these desert tours and um this guy from japan comes up to me and you know, says, well, you know, I mentioned I was from Chicago and he's like, oh, I love the Chicago Bulls. I play when I play basketball with my friends. I'm wearing old school Scottie Pippins and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And yeah, to. to and, and what and that was the result of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan made the Bulls a national name. Yeah. I mean, even bigger than Magic and, and Kareem and all the other stars the Lakers have had over their long history. Like yeah. it was Kobe who made them international like. You know, Jared's sitting here where he just mentioned he's wearing the Lakers hat just because of Kobe. And, you know, Kobe hasn't played there in like three years. And and people still love the Lakers because they associate with Kobe Bryant in the same way they associate Michael Jordan with 
uh, the Bulls. Yeah, and and just to, to you know, in his perspective too, I was in Singapore for his sixty point game. You know, so it's noon the next day, and I was out for a run, and and uh, they're you know they're showing it. Um, there were it was like a running path and all these bars because you know it's so hot there everything's open air and you go by this bar and they're showing the game you know at, at noon on a Tuesday they're showing the NBA you know and so just to understand what that what that global reach is and and the part that Kobe played in that uh, you know especially uh, what you know f- can't forget about his success in the Olympics uh, you know I mean um, what he did for the global game just like David Stern who passed away recently too what those two people did for the global game is just immeasurable yeah i and just getting back to that 60 point game um i i will be forever thankful that uh i watched that game instead of the warriors when they uh they passed the bulls record that night um that season i had an opportunity to go to uh a kobe kobe's last game at the united center my friend had season tickets that year to the bulls I went to a few games, but something came up on that Laker game. I don't know what it was at the time, but I'll forever like regret missing that opportunity. Cause I always figured like ah maybe one day I'll come be somewhere in public if my like sports journalism career goes well to where I'll have an opportunity just to cross paths with the man. Maybe not even say a word to him, but just like see him like with the naked eye, and like it's just. That's never going to happen. And, it's and if anything, I, I like that people got to marvel at that game again because there is no, like, the Kobe Bryant I've known for the majority of my life, at least in the time when I've paid most attention to sports, it was after that second run of championships he had where he was getting hurt a lot and then he was struggling with his shot and by the end of his career, there are a lot of people like he's getting minutes he probably doesn't deserve anymore, but he goes out on that that uh, banger of a last game, and now I think people get to appreciate more because like not a lot of people get to go out like on top like that. Yeah, and just with like going back to how all of these fans are like the Lakers should move on from Kobe or uh, uh, Kobe should take a role on the bench and stuff like that. I mean, you have to remember the kind of person Kobe was. Like, he was, like, even though his body maybe couldn't match his will and intensity at that time, like, the man was still, like, given a team, he was still willing to compete for a ring. didn't matter if it was the first game of the season or it was April and the Lakers are 10 games out of, like, yeah, April and they're, like, 10 games out of the playoff run. He was still playing every single night like he was going for uh, a chance at a title and I feel like that kind of mentality is like lost on uh, the newer generation of players not everybody but uh, a wide range of them and I think that was kind of lost on the fans like Kobe just still wanted to go out and play he wanted to play to the highest ability that he could he wanted to do anything he could to elevate the Lakers even if he couldn't do it like he used to well, and when people sit there and, and say, well, I don't watch the, the regular season um, because, you know, nobody starts playing hard to the, to the playoffs. I mean, I watch the NBA every night, and there's no doubt that there is a sense of that. You know, if you watch a lot of the NBA, there are guys who cruise through games, and 
and uh, and you know, like I said earlier, I mean, just to to have people who, yeah, they want to try and win every game. You know, Kobe is one of those people that tried to win every game, and uh, you know, you're right. It, it's a different um, different mindset now, and of course, the whole you know. Um, teaming up and the whole ring shopping and all that other kinds of stuff that goes on. I mean, Kobe could have asked out of the the Lakers and gone and won a couple championships someplace else. You know, I mean, shoot, he could have gone to Cleveland. You know, he could have and back when you know LeBron had that big run with them before he left for Miami, or I mean Miami, where he could have you know teamed up with those guys and and won. You know, because I don't think he played for the money, so it's conceivable that a guy like him would go to a team and take the the veteran exception and not get paid a lot of money and win a couple rings and add your legacy. But I think Kobe realized that um, his legacy was with the Lakers. You know, his, his career was defined, and the fact he played for one team his entire career, I think, um, I think his, his legacy would be um, a little bit different if he'd gone somewhere else, but he stayed with the Lakers. He went through a couple rebuilds. He went through, you know, and, you know, he won those three championships. They kind of went through a rebuild. He won another couple championships. They struggled the last three, four years of his career, but he stuck it out because he believed in, you know, loyalty and, and everything like that. And, and so that's a big part of who he is and what his legacy is going to be moving forward. I think just to kind of piggyback on what uh, Jared said, there's a lot of things like that since Kobe retired, you feel like people have lost in the league. And now there's so many things that when people look back on Kobe, it's like, wow, he was all these things for us, and now that's gone. It's like what I would like people to take away most is take the things from Kobe Bryant, and for that matter, anyone that inspires you, and try and apply it to yourself. You know, if you want to take things from Kobe, that a, a guy who a lot of people idolized, and you want to take something from it, take the things that he tried to instill in people, which was be passionate about what you love, uh, work hard to be good at it, and also care about the things that matter in your life, whether it is like he had was reading or it was his daughters or getting to to help all these young players develop and there are so many great stories i know trey young talked about how kobe was helping him and he was helping out Shaq's son you know be be someone who inspires good things out of other people be someone who's passionate about what they love and what they care about work hard to be really good at it and and in general appreciate now the things that you have because I know that was one of the things a lot of people thought of was I got to talk to my family. And uh, now I think for the past few days, everyone's felt a little bit different when they're hanging around family and friends because one of the first things I thought about every Tuesday, I, I hang out with a big group of my friends and I couldn't wait for Tuesday after I learned that news because I just need to be around people. I needed an escape uh, and I needed reassurance that I got to spend more time with the people I cared about. So I'm going to just ask you guys, do you guys want to talk about your favorite Kobe moment? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. My my favorite Kobe moment, I don't really have a favorite because everything, all the great stuff he did was kind of a blur from when I was still, like, really, really young. 
Um, but my favorite moment, I mean, the early stages of my life where I was watching the NBA would be those nightcaps against either the Suns or mm-hmm. uh, against some of the other great Western Conference teams where he'd, you know, go crazy and have great fourth quarters. The big standout one to me, though, uh, he played the Knicks at the height of uh, Jeremy Lin's Lin sanity. And he went to the garden and he put up like 50. And I just, that, that was when I realized like, oh, this is the really cool part of basketball where one guy can just kind of take over and, and go wild. For me, it's the 81 point game. I mean, I, when you um, get up to that rare air of, of guys who have scored 70 plus points in an NBA game, I mean, I think um, the most I've ever seen in a game in person was um, I saw Shaq at 49 against the Pacers once. And then I've seen, um, you know, a couple of 60-point games or, or whatever. But, I mean, when you're – there's a big jump. I mean, I, like uh, Clay Thompson 60 last year sticks out in my mind, a couple of hardened 60-point games. But you're talking about 60 points, which is something probably 25 guys in the NBA have done in their careers – and then you're talking another 20 points on top of that. And just when you, yeah, when you get to that 70-point that threshold and to think that, that he scored 81 points in a basketball game is just just an incredible achievement. I think, um, I think it's right up there with Wilt's 100. I mean, of course, we have no video or anything, but, I mean, just the way Wilt played the game in terms of he was just so much bigger than everybody. He just went to the basket and dropped it in. And, I mean, Kobe, that, you know, I've watched that game. That 81 was work. It wasn't It wasn't just layups. It wasn't, it wasn't that nobody was playing defense. He was just that much better than everybody else on the floor that night. And so, you know, and the other one might have been just some of the times that he had, uh, you know, with, with Shaq. Um, you know, it's unfortunate things went down the way it did between them and and I'm sure both of them realize now because time and perspective does it to you. But I think both of them realize now how silly it was. And, you know, that's another part we'll miss. It's just maybe there would be a point where the two of them, like you said, for 30 for 30, would get down and, and you know, uh, sit down and start telling stories and stuff like that. Because a lot of guys who were rivals growing up or, you know, together in their careers – finish their career and the and the egos get set aside and they become really good friends and so you know that would have been an interesting dynamic to see uh you know going forward as those guys got older there is a there is a short film between the two um i seen it on youtube it came up as a recommendation so it wasn't like i clicked it or anything but it was um it's basically what you were saying it's kobe and shaq talking it out um giving each other each perspective and everything and the key thing i got from that was how shaq was admitting he was wrong in the whole in the whole debacle like shaq admitted he was the one who kept pushing it he was the one that was feeding the fans and kobe was saying like honestly he only cared about playing basketball he said that's where they beef came from and that's where it stayed at um it was a very it was very interesting and i i, I advise you guys to watch it if you can find it um it talks about all the things we all Loki want to hear like it talks about Kobe one time entertaining the Bulls saying how he was going to come here in 04 and 05 he talked about that like he said he was seriously pursuing that idea like he was looking at houses in Chicago it's a very interesting documentary it's almost 30 for 30 good but 
I, I suggest everybody watch it. It's, it's something people need to know, especially Kobe fans. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say my favorite memory um, was the 60-point game. Um, I, I cried twice uh, for two reasons. I cried. I, I teared up on the night it happened just because, like, I'm watching Kobe Bryant play for the last time, and it's truly an end of an era. And then it made me cry because it, again, uh, a few days ago, because it sunk in that he's actually gone and, and Gianna was gone because they kept cutting back to his family. And then when he does that, that wink after uh, scoring to Vanessa on the sidelines, like that just, it gets me. But uh, that moment alone, just seeing Kobe Bryant uh, play, he was able to go out on his own terms the way he wanted to go out, I don't care that it took him 40 or 50, however many shots it was to get 60. The man was 37 years old, and he scored 60 points against a team that wasn't giving him easy buckets. Like, that three-pointer that he took to, I think, put the Lakers up one, that was in somebody's face. Like, the Jazz were trying to win that game. As much as, like, it was Kobe's final night, they, they, they were going for the throat. And Kobe's greatness just showed through one last time. And Kobe, aside for me, that game was symbolic because uh, the 2015-16 season marked the end of a lot of NBA careers, uh, especially from the 90s. Uh, that was my, I would say, historically my favorite era of basketball. So we, we saw guys like Kevin Garnett um, and Tim Duncan walk out of the, of the league at the same exact time. Manu Ginobili walked out the next season. So a lot of guys from that era were starting to go Steve Nash the season before. And for me, Kobe kind of was like, this is my generation. This is how we played, and this is how we're going out. And to me, that's kind of how I, I look at that game. Um, I would say my favorite moment would be the 60-point game, more because what it represented. I liked how you was able to see Kobe in a peer's form. You, you saw all the Kobe fadeaways. You saw all the ISO plays. They gave him the biggest green light he ever had in his career that game. Um, to your point, the Jazz wasn't trying to lose. I remember the Jazz, the Jazz was one game out the playoffs that year. Um, it ended up not mattering, but at the time, they believed that win was going to put them in. So they was playing for the throw. And what I liked the most was how we, 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 just, we was able to see Kobe just continue pulling, saying how he wasn't going to lose. We saw that we saw a bunch of celebrities gather. We saw the lights, and it was just it was just you saw Mamba mentality one more time. You was able to see, like even even if you wasn't a Kobe fan, you had to appreciate and respect it because you saw a 37 year old not give up, going out on his own terms, doing all the things he'd been preaching in his full 20 year career. You saw it all in that one game, and that's the part that I took the most out of, like seeing that. At the end, this guy is still the same. He's still the person that he said he would be. And I just, like you said, I kind of tear it up. It was just like, it was just amazing to me. Because normally you see guys change, and even in their last game, it's okay, well, it's whatever. You know, except for Jordan, who retired when he won a ring. Um, Kobe, i say, easily had the best last year. He, he basically had a tour, and then for that to end his tour, that was amazing to me. I don't think we'll see anything close to that ever again. 
All right, that's all we have for today on the headliners. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, it was it's been a privilege uh, being able to talk about one of my favorite players of all time, one of the guys that got me into the game of basketball. Um, and it's just cool to see like everyone else's perspectives on uh, an icon as big as Kobe and see how he impacted their lives. Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at the Northern Stars website, northernstar.info, under the multimedia section for all our podcasts and the sports section for all our articles and columns. Follow James on Twitter at jkrauspro, Quentin at freelyaskq, and myself at jaredhuffns.